Toontown Public Works is not for kids, even though Sir Casey and I are childish cartoons. We try our best to keep the show PG-13, but regardless, we do talk about a lot of adult content. Stuff like weird sex things, and, um, and butts! Enjoy the show! Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, thank you for calling Toontown Public Wait, we're leaving. We're leaving that in. We're not removing that. (laughs) Thank you for calling Toontown Public Works, guys. Sorry, I have a call center job now. I get the freaking freaking script, okay? That's amazing. Hello, welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we trust you the ink to find hidden gems. I'm H.C. the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm your resident waveform wrangler, Alex the Lemur, filling in for Cirque the Cat, who is... In the mountains, doing who knows what rituals. It is the first, like for for us, it's the first that not the I the first day of Thanksgiving. It's the day before Thanksgiving for us. <laughs> the first um, day of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so a pumpkin pie in a tree. Pumpkin know. pie in a tree. Yeah. Well, that I guess it's a way really to combat weird, the Christmas like, creep. Have you ever noticed that that song is about a guy who gives a girl many birds and then indentured servants? Yeah, like, that, that's but that, super that, strange. But to, but to be fair, that's probably what it was like back then, honestly. I guess it may have been. Yeah. I don't actually know. I, I don't actually know back when. I don't know what the when is in that situation. Uh, The era that you could give people slaves. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways. Uh... Um, okay, so, uh, if you haven't heard this, uh, heard of us before, uh, we are a podcast where we talk about cartoons, obviously. Um, and, That's all uh, we've done so far. And, uh, see, uh, normally, uh, normally we have, uh, Cirque the Cat aboard, but we don't have him today because of reasons. And so we have our wonderful editor, Alex DeLemer, on board. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey. I, I, I think you've technically heard my voice before in this podcast because yeah, I think there's I think there's a tiny bit of it before the bumper, right? Like just a yeah, yeah. And then well, that, and then like, um, there's a like right, you know, in the sort of music. Uh, I actually uh, had to go back in time and record my great great grandfather on a wax gramophone, uh, Marvin the lemur. Um, and he's the one who's doing the the title introductions. So, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm sorry. Can you can you can you tell? I this is my first time actually like being on a podcast, so maybe I don't have all actually, the rhythms think, right just yet. No, no, you're, you're actually no, doing a lot better than I am. I'm I actually think you're doing terribly. Yeah, you're you're natural. I'm the I'm the hack here. I'm the hack that has the career, I guess. So, <laughs> okay. Anyways. uh career with huge quotation marks there um but with quotation marks around the quotation marks and, and uh, okay. quotation so, marks around uh, those quotation marks so this is the part where we talk about cartoon news and uh 
Well, the first one I would actually like to get to is actually a very, very cool one. Uh, and that is, hey, Alex, guess what? What? You were featured in a Homestar Runner cartoon. <gasps> Yay. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> Yay. It's technically, it's te- uh, technically not a cartoon. It's a fictionalized biopic um, called Experimental Film in which... Well- Th- yes, we're not referring that. to that. We're talking about something else, which is oh uh, oh 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 yeah, right. You're being in the fan studio. The system the f- is bald. The f- it's me. <laughs> the system is bald. The, the system, system is bald. bald. The system. Yes, <laughs> yes. and so- he is also the thumbnail of the episode. <laughs> yeah how do, how did I score that, man? Look <laughs> <laughs> seriously, wow. Uh, who the fuck was that Ned Flanders in that? Was oh, that's that your my, that's that's my friend Steve. Uh, <laughs> okay, he's he's the guy who I just we just randomly prank call each other all the time and pretend to be like various like Barack Things. Obama and oh. Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> oh, <my God>. and, uh, <laughs> you should hear Casey's Shaggy. I, actually, you probably have heard it. But, have I, yeah. I've done it on the show, I think. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, that's it's not a huge piece of news, but you know what? Since you started bringing it up, Alex, go ahead and talk about the, the experimental film. Okay, I'm uh, playing uh, Craig Zobel, uh, uh, acclaimed indie director and co-creator of Homestar Runner in the biopic uh, experimental film, which I filmed last summer with my friend Charlie over in New Jersey. Nice. And uh, you, you've, you, you guys had like some content with the Brothers Chaps with that film, right? Uh, well, well, not initially. I just, I told another friend of mine about it who was, who's actually in a band that, um, like actually somehow got into contact with the brothers chaps. And he's one of the guys who does that like audience groan in the latest, uh, uh, I think it's after Sonora card gauge says, push me in coach. I'm ready to pay. <laughs> and so the, the the just the audience just kind of goes huh? and and that's <laughs> that's that's him and his band uh they're called the foresters so go check them out anyway yeah, i go check them out i was just i was just like talking to him while we um while we were filming and actually it was before we were filming but he was actually like in uh uh, like with the brothers chaps for a while, like about to record. And so I told him about this and then he told them about it and they seemed to love the idea. Uh, oh, that's, that's awesome. Also, he can be the uh, only person who can claim to have his fursona ever drawn by Matt Chapman. So that's kind of an interesting <laughs> aside. Yeah, first, <laughs> the first of many, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure at some point it's going to keep on happening. Fingers crossed. I had, I had a friend who almost got their fursona drawn by John uh, John Dilworth, <laughs> which oh, would have wow, been freaking would be cool. amazing. But unfortunately, it kind of like fell through. But yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, OK, so we got that covered. Uh, how about this? OK, so the Incredibles 2 tri- teaser dropped. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, uh, there was a trailer, kind of a teaser thingy that they released, uh, uh, basically just confirming that it's coming out on June 15th, 2018, and... Um, and Mr. Incredible still looks like Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> well, <It's>, yeah. <laughs> they well, did it is Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, like, here's the thing. Um, I'm kind of of two minds with The Incredibles, where, like, on one hand, it was, like, my favorite Pixar movie for, like, years until uh, uh, Ratatouille came out. And basically, Ratatouille is still firmly my favorite Pixar movie, period. I really like, I really like The Incredibles. Uh, uh, some somewhere I've got like the uh, the like the two disc set with like all these like like just like just insane amounts of like bonus content and Easter eggs and that's what I would watch when I was like eleven eating lunch at home. So no 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 yeah like there's there's that like fake clutch clutch cargo cartoon. That oh my had god, that yeah, <laughs> that that's my favorite thing. When I saw that, he's I was found like, the bridge. What the. F- is this and then i learned oh wait this is a parody of a thing that actually happened which are believe it or not is on this collection which we haven't <laughs> hit in i'm so sad we have not seen one of those yet oh no. um, <laughs> okay watch watch this as like the first thing we get is a, a clutch cargo cartoon <laughs> that'd be freaking amazing if this was happened like oh my god um uh i, I won't say more about those clutch cargo just in case you don't know what i'm talking about and i kind of want to explain it when we actually get when to it one. comes up yeah yeah but uh suffice to say it is a weird thing but anyways uh i i really like the incredibles but at the same time i do feel like that people who have the complaint that it is kind of an objectivist kind of film kind of have a point <laughs> okay Brad, like like they definitely like it, it seems it seems like there is some objectivist metaphor going on but what i think that is rather than uh rather i i think that is the authors not considering that they were creating a metaphor <laughs> yeah. i mean i i don't think it was intentional i don't think it was like brad bird like i i honestly don't think brad bird's an objectivist really oh like, even I, he I, mean, also did- I i wouldn't say i wouldn't say he is at all because i mean he did the iron giant and you know he does oh, no that was he does was not like guns yeah like the thing is like uh like there's a whole uh like there's the whole argument that also Tomorrowland is kind of that. I haven't seen it, but you know, still Neither like, I, but like considering like, say like freaking Ratatouille, which is also a Brad Bird film. Uh, that film is like completely the opposite of an objectivist kind of thing, honestly, because it's literally about how, yeah, not everyone can be certain things, but the whole point of those kind of things is that like saying that anyone can cook is that literally it can come from any background and it doesn't matter where they came from or anything. It's literally just a matter of, you know, them being there. Yeah. So like, like what I, what I think this is, is an objectivist reading on a non objectivist movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, like like, I, I get, I get what you're saying. It is, it does seem like it would be a very effective metaphor for that. It's, it's a, it's a Disney movie. I mean, like if it's saying anything, it's saying like, you should, shine as yourself with your talents instead of trying to be what you know yeah, whoever else wants you to yourself be going on back then and you know then you know objectivists take that and say well this means i can be a d- to everyone well except <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not hearing that from objectivists as much as i'm hearing it from people who are making an objectivist reading and saying this is what's problematic about uh, about the Incredibles, and maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't, maybe right. I don't, I don't really think tend to hang around with objectivists. So, yeah, no, I don't hang out with objectivists. I'm talking about the, the. It's usually people who like are like read a lot into movies, and I think yeah. uh, when they make, I've like, heard, I've heard bring, this, I've heard like, this argument. 
I've I've heard it like I've heard arguments about like Zootopia that are kind of, like kind of makes sense that I don't really like like the fact that they make the predator species uh, into like a minority when that kind of implies that they kind of there was a reason for them to be afraid of them at some point is just you know so it's kind of is in a way accidentally demonizing the minority but at the yeah. same time uh, there are I would also argue there's stuff in the film itself that's maybe not text but subtext. Let's mm-hmm. say that that whole dynamic between Pred and Prey was actually total bullshit anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, because of, like, how, like, the in the museum scene, you could see that there are bunnies that are, like, hunting predator species back in the prehistoric ages, like, straight up. Like, they're, like, outnumbering them with spears. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I could get that reading, and I even disagree with it to a degree, but I also agree, understand what they're going for with yeah. that. And that's also one of the reasons why I don't really read Zootopia as a racial film as much as it is about just in generally general bias and discrimination and yeah. our internal biases which we hold in our heads due to our yeah it's uh, a very it's upbringings. yeah i feel i feel like i feel like it, it kind of does focus more on like prejudice on an interpersonal level like you know rather than i, I don't want to say it doesn't doesn't address prejudice at a systemic level but the way like it every... does though there are microaggressions you know like yeah. there's, there's yeah. that whole scene of like of like it's not it's okay for a bunny to call another bunny cute you know like that whole thing okay. like but then there's... there's also the whole there's the whole part where Judy also then goes on and calls uh, Nick articulate <laughs> and then Nick just like like kind of gives an like a backhanded like yeah. kind of thing to her face with straight to her face which I honestly that was like my f- the first moment in that film where I was like. Oh God! This film actually might know what the fuck it's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but the the that criticism of Zootopia, like what they're saying is, you cannot replace the characters in this film with actual minorities and have it work functionally on every level. And I don't think that anything does actually. No, yeah, <laughs> and, and, like, and you know, like, I could I could make the argument that it shouldn't because no, then, yeah. I mean, like, especially if it's a movie written by. I mean, you know, a cis gay white man. I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's one lens to see, like you know, like a, a prejudice and stuff. If you're trying to make something that's like a complete perfect analog to reality, then, like, if if you have any privilege at all, you're gonna screw that up. No, yeah, like, uh, I mean, we're we're three white dudes, so maybe, but at the same time, we're also three gay dudes. Or at least bisexual. Just, uh, I'm gay. Just about. Uh, I don't know what I, I don't am. Know. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a thing, and uh, I'm, you're a bi. So I, or, yeah, I'm so I'm so. very much I'm very much shrugging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, all I know is that I like dudes. That's all I know. My, my sexuality, know. my sexuality is the wormhole scene at the end of 2001: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, still like. Like I, I get people, uh, I I get people's complaints about it, but that doesn't mean that I have to always agree with yeah. it. Yeah. But and I mean, I mean, you know, talking about the Incredibles, the Incredibles was a superhero movie, and I mean, I have read arguments that the Superman fantasy is inherently fascist because, like, it or like like objectivist or whatever, because it comes from the whole you know Nietzschean Ubermensch and then that whole thing you know in the context that of was World heavily, War II. That, but, is but a, that is a heavily that. poor interpretation of Nietzsche. <laughs> no, no, yeah, like I, honestly, I feel like 
I like, feel I, like I could I could talk about that for an hour, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's not go into like the yeah. whole discussion about Superman because we're not talking about but Superman. Go ahead cartoons. and finish your thought, Alex, because I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh. Uh, no, no. That's basically that's basically what I was saying. I mean, that's like that's a case of. I mean, I'm I'm saying the argument is definitely not limited to the Incredibles. Like mm-hmm. people have made that argument about like basically every single super superhero that exists, or the concept of you know superheroes. You know, like you know one individual rising above the rest of the individuals to do what is right. For them, because of you know what, like what exactly? Yeah, but I, I I can hear the person in the comments like kind of saying, "Well, Superman was made by a couple of Jews who were making it specifically yeah. to make a hero to protect them, like protect uh, people who are like, oh yeah oppressed yeah. by like people like Hitler and all that, you know." So, um, but you know, like yeah, I, I get that. Well, here's my other thing about the Incredibles too that's actually completely off on a different tangent here altogether. Okay. Um, I'm really pissed that they didn't do the Toy Story three thing where they had basically a realistic time gap between the films. Cause, oh man, yeah. Because because my what my dream version of Incredibles two was that it was about like like Flash is like a uh, Flash is like Dash. a teenager. Dash yeah. Dash yeah. The Dash Flash is a is teenager. Violet's Dash. like a mom now or something or like i don't know like just crazy basically the, 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 yeah or maybe crazy cat i don't think that's <laughs> that's kind of rude uh okay. but but like uh but like you know like the the, the mr and mr incredible are like grandparents now and like they're kind of like dealing with like having to grow like having to deal with like their age and all that kind of stuff there's a lot of interesting things you could do with that yeah. you even have the whole aspect like, of like <laughs> maybe violets has her own kids now and they are starting to get superpowers and stuff like that. And, like, there, there's a lot of things you can do with that. But, basically, it just looks like it's going to be directly after the end of the first movie. Which, on one hand, is kind of neat. Because that's kind of like a direct continuation. And that's pretty cool. But, at the same time, it really does look like they're emphasizing Jack-Jack a lot in this. Yeah. And I'm really not looking forward to a movie about a baby with superpowers. And that's basically the crux of it yeah you know? i'm really hoping the it's not that because that's what the, <laughs> yeah baby geniuses too um i'm really hoping it's not that because uh well yeah because that's what the trailer looked like it was but i will find out yeah um but you know it it, it is just a teaser and honestly you can very rarely judge an entire film by its teaser honestly oh yeah very rarely yeah. um but anyways uh let's see what else oh uh a bit of interesting news uh uh so the ver- so the there's going to be a the first of uh, feature film uh 2D animated film uh produced by a major studio uh uh that's going to be like in a western audience first time in like a long time uh by Netflix it's uh, a feature called Klaus mm. um and it's 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 basically one of those uh santa claus like prequels basically talking about the <gasps> origin of santa claus and stuff okay. like that um but it's a 2d animated film by uh uh sergio pablos who is the co-creator of despicable me um and uh yeah it's it, it's a 2d animated film in 2017 or actually it's gonna be 2018 i think when it's coming out no 2019 that's um, great i hope it's yeah. like mega successful yeah, me too. Because and I'm happy that Netflix is doing it. Honestly, it kind of on one hand, 
it's shocking to see that it's coming back, but the 2D animation is coming back at the same time. Um, I'm not shocked that it is Netflix that's going to try to bring it back because Netflix yeah. is one of the companies that likes to actually do interesting things. Yeah, with their, like yeah, they're they're, like they're really a little to experiment more experiment and stuff like that. You know, Netflix is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, I'm just going to say BoJack Horseman is way more interesting to me than really anything else I've seen on you know like you know television television so no yeah i I pretty much on the same boat with you for that Mm. um and like it's uh yeah it's really true though i I want to point out one thing about this uh announcement that i found was kind of kind of like dumb it's like pablos like uh, said in like a statement he said how how is it possible there's no story about the origin of santa claus and it's like i don't know no story huh (laughs) no story huh like there's not like a they're, they're a freaking freaking bask one. Santa, like freaking Santa Claus is coming to town. That's a freaking cl- like it's not a great one. None of the ranking bad ones are claimed, but it's a classic that has been seen a billion times. How could you not know about that, Mister Pablo? Um, but anyways, uh, I'm I'm basically yelling at a guy who's never going to hear me, who is ten times more successful, a million who times. Who is also doing something that we're happy about. Exactly. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to be too no hard despair. on the guy. Yeah, that's, I'll give so, him a free pass. Uh, all right. So um, now we're not going to like go very long on this because we kind of already talked about this topic like last time. And we've basically already said everything we need to say about this kind of topic but it is breaking news and we'd feel kind of bad for like to not address this at least it's breaking news for the time we're recording it right now like by the time it's, it's been would be a bit old hat was but you know a couple weeks the, yeah that, that's the curse of having a podcast that's where only every couple of weeks you know but yeah uh but basically uh so uh, there's some allegations about John Lasseter, like him, like sexually harassing people uh, in like Pixar and Disney. And uh, in response to this, he's actually uh, he's actually taking a sabbatical, a six month sabbatical and issued a apology about uh, his unwarranted behavior. Uh, basically, when it went from what it, he had, the way he describes it, uh, it sounds like it's a lot of like him hugging people without permission and like kissing their cheeks without permission and uh yeah that's i mean on one hand you could say that's european style but on the other hand you still gotta ask permission dude there's just you just freaking ask um so and also that's that's just his receipt of this we don't yeah, know like, what. we don't we don't know the women's perspectives on it as at the, as this moment and there's I mean, there's of course is the most important one so yeah yes. exactly and and he's a man who's in a position of of like authority and some form of power so even if it is like possibly an innocent like sort of misjudgment of what is socially acceptable, then he 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 still really should know better. No, yeah, he has to be more yeah, responsible absolutely. with his own thing. So, like, uh, it's good that he's stepping down at least temporarily. So, um, I'm I'm not the kind of guy. I actually don't really lionize John Lasseter like some people do. I think he's done some great stuff, and I do think he's done like a fantastic thing with the Disney company. He basically completely took it from a one, took a one degree to make it to like the company that is right now, where it's like basically stellar. It's all get out. But he also isn't necessarily the driving force between some of the most creative things at Disney right now. He's basically just the guy making it happen really. And and even, even in the things he produced, I mean, he did not single handedly make those. 
there are tons of like very talented people and and very talented women uh mm-hmm. especially who were mm-hmm. working under him and i mean i think we we need to start giving our credit where credits due so. no yeah seriously like uh, animation is well there there I, I honestly like casey would say uh auteur theory is bullshit yes and like yeah basically like sure sure there is definitely some uh, clear voices in the industry. I definitely can tell when the movie is made by Quentin Tarantino or if a movie is made by uh, Brad Bird to a certain degree. But at the same time, it, there's just so much hands going across, especially in a project like a Disney film, that it's hard to just say that this film is this one specific person's vision. Um, and, uh, you know, John Lesser, like the one argument I've heard that he would definitely is, is that he was one of the driving forces bringing uh, Studio Ghibli into the limelight in the United States, which, yeah, that's actually a fair point. But at the same time, uh, you know, he's just one guy and he did something dumb and he's apologizing. But at the same time, we should be listening to the women more so and see what they think. And Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, just that's because basically yeah, as, with, as with uh, as with all of these things, our first priority uh, for all of us, I think, is towards the victims. Yeah, the yes, victims so. should be the ones who you should listen to first. And just out. because just because someone does something good doesn't mean that they're like a great person. So no. yeah, no, like definitely, especially if they're like in Hollywood or a public figure of any sort. Yeah, like I mean, you shouldn't automatically assume. Personally, I don't automatically assume every person is a terrible person. Like, but oh no, like, no, you can't, you can't live like there. that. You can't live like that because that's just misery. But yeah. uh, I also like have to like kind of like have a realistic expectation that they're also human beings and human beings are prone to being really bad. Yeah. We yeah. must, we must not deify people. We do not know. Exactly. There it so, is. So, um, all right. So now that we talked about that, we're going to actually talk about the thing that we want to talk about, which is cartoons that are in the public domain, or at least are very easily accessible, which is the main focus of this podcast. But that's what we're about. I thought we were uh, an advice show for the modern era. Uh, no, uh, I've made jokes that we're not uh, in episode one, so <laughs> we're you definitely have, not. <laughs> <laughs> you have been editing the wrong podcast, my friend. You, uh, have you just been doing fan cuts of my brother and I all this time? I don't listen Maybe. to our RSS feed, so if that's all that there is, then I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, look at... The list. <gasps> yes. Uh, let me just pull it up here because it's not the list. Where is this freaking list? List, list. Who's got the list? I got the list. Here's the list. And then it's loading. And Loaf of bread, gallon of milk, stick of butter. Ooh, stick the of list. butter. List. I, yes. I, I really like that cartoon. <laughs> okay, so Alex, drum roll, please. Alex wait, wait, in the wait, future, wait, wait, not, wait. not the not not the modern Alex that's here, the one in the future. Give us the a mysterious roll. future, Alex. Marvin, or Mar- is he Mar- Is Marvin still there? Is no, Mar- the Marvin's Marvin's Mar- Marvin's my past past self. Well, it, my well, future I mean, self it, is is named uh, uh, Barvin. Barvin. This was a mistake. This was I, I shouldn't have <laughs> I shouldn't have named okay. my son Barvin. Uh, uh, by the way, Alex, that was a good drum roll. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, uh, so we're going to start off with a classic today. Um, we're going to watch some Colonel Bleep, and we're going to watch The Evil Eye. Ooh, Colonel Bleep. Oh, boy. And now, stand by for You know, um, when I heard that this is called the Evil Eye, what I was expecting was it was about like I don't know because like these 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 have sort of sort of like a sci-fi magical realism to them. So I was expecting something like I don't know they go to a planet that has like a temple with like a evil like magic space eye or something like that. But what we got was a pirate dipshit with a periscope and the Cayman's the only one who believes it actually exists. And that's basically all it is. These Pop- cartoons are so boring. <laughs> like, I'm... Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say there wasn't anything particularly magical or realistic about this. This like there, there was one would... thing that I can think of and that's that's the the sea of liquid air which is it skirts the line between magical realism or science fiction and just absolute bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean me. I want I kind of like that but like but no it's like it's such a weird thing cuz like basically like okay so the plot is that Colonel Bleep and the puppet and the caveman squeak uh, and scratch Screech, I don't even know which one is squeak and which one's scratch. Uh, but anyway, thinking, never mind. Well, anyways, like, so, like, they go there because they're going to try to, like, I guess, get rid of this thing of liquid air that's in Galaxy 9. Uh, and that's a planet of giant jawbreakers that just want to eat. Um, and, uh, like, and then, like, because, like, a bunch of spaceships ran into it and then exploded, like, immediately when they went into it. And I was thinking, okay, so I guess they're going to try to, like, get rid of an object out of the sky, and that might be, like, a portal to a dimension with, like, the evil eye or something. No! What it is is that it, it just turns into a freaking ocean place where, like, like the, the, the liquid air, and then there's, like, a space pirate that's, like, surfing the space air or, or space liquid air or something. And it's like, okay. And he wants to... He wants to destroy Colonel Bleep for reasons. Yeah, like evil space Popeye here. Just for reasons. He looks like Popeye. He looks like evil Popeye. Just evil Popeye. It's evil Popeye. It really is. And like, but like, here's the thing. The thing I don't understand is that in previous Colonel Bleeps, they had no problem being on Earth and dealing with just water and stuff like that. Like, you could have made a plot about a space pirate landing on Earth, sinking ships, and they're going out there to basically investigate it and all that kind of stuff on planet Earth. But, but then they then added it's not this... sci-fi. But no, but, that, but there's that whole episode that was, like, about the termites who wanted to eat the friggin' puppet boy on... And it was on Earth, and the, whole, the only sci-fi thing about it is that there was, like, a radiation liquid thing that was from like one of bleeps equipment that got onto the termites and then made him really really big and that's basically oh and also the uh there's a titanium a lead bat that uh like a lead club that got shaped into the shape of the puppet boy but then that was the most convoluted Like, why didn't he just hit the termite with the club? Like, no, no, me got to 
uh, the shove this thing into shape of small child so that it will be eaten by giant radioactive termite so that when he goes oh. into... I, I forget how it even... <laughs> what, what happens is he puts it in the freaking termite, he gets weighed down, and they throw him into the ocean! The yes! ocean! It makes absolutely no sense at all. But, like, that and makes more sense than the weird leaps of logic that this thing... like it. It's like... If you wanted to make a pirate episode, just make it on Earth and be about a space pirate that came down to Earth and started terrorizing Earth. Just do that. You don't have to make this liquid air oh, it's bullshit. Not, it's, not even, then, it's not even the concept that bothers me, though. I just don't think it's a good story or, like... Well, no, because, like, of course it's not. Because basically yeah. all that happens is that the caveman sees the periscope and the other two don't believe him. He gets mad. He leaves with it. And then right before a, a torpedo hits the ship... Uh, he knocks it back towards the uh, uh, the pirate ship, opens the periscope eye, so it goes down into the ship itself, and then blows it up. And that's it. That's like, all that freaking happens. Like Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. <laughs> where, where he shoots down the Death Star. This Captain Underpants-looking motherfucker just is like, just I, I like he he makes the weirdest faces throughout too. Like. Yeah, he's got he's got one expression for uh like panicked and it's the same expression as happy. <laughs> like, and then well, he, no. does, he does he does that one expression where his eyes just like mirror back and forth like like really fast. Yeah, just, like like one is one is big and the other is small and then it switches like like every frame. Like, Animation. About, not, not every frame. <laughs> that well, would like, be crazy. <laughs> like I mean like there's only other one other frame that this friggin' caveman does in a close up, and it's like that squatted face smile where he looks like he's just like, mm. yeah, mm. it's it's a little bit difficult for us to describe this uh, due to the audio nature of our podcast. Uh, yeah, but that's that's as, true as of as a usual. lot of things about no, 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 no. It's like as as like. I'm just I'm just saying to anyone who's confused about what it is we're trying to communicate happened in this cartoon. If you want to know, you would just have to watch it, which I don't recommend. <laughs> so no, I mean it's I, I, on on one hand, no, I don't recommend it. But if you do want to see what is basically just the cheapest, like like I don't, which, which, which Colonel Clip is not exactly a very uh, in depth and very like very like. Uh, artistically very variant kind of show where it doesn't really have a ton of like different kind of looks and all like animation and something. A lot of it is basically like how this is, but this for a permanently cartoon was cheap. It was super cheap. You know, to me, everything about this story seems like it was actually like written by a kid. Like it's some kind of like, 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 like axe cop kind of, kind of bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, it does have that kind of feel to it, but like, but but completely like not self-aware and completely. It wasn't written by an amusing, fun kid. It was written by boring kids. Yeah, like a boring kid who's like thinks that his stories are awesome, and then dumb, boring kid. And has the caveman is a self can barely keep up with his keep up can barely keep up with his own continuity. Has absolutely no idea of what how narrative structure works. And his name is probably something stupid, like 
Clem, and he's probably his name. He probably is eats glue. And Blake, could you imagine a name worse than Blake? Unless you, the listener, is named Blake, in which case Other- Blake is a great name. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> and, and if your name, and my opinion is, if your name is Blake, you're a jerk, and I hate you. <laughs> C minus. See me after class, Blake and or Clem. Yes. <laughs> the name is Blake. Uh, o. Uh, and Clem. <laughs> Blake O and Clem. <laughs> That's the full name. We have okay. invented we have invented an OC, which is someone who made Colonel Bleep. <laughs> like oh God, like I love how we've completely turned against Colonel Bleep at this point. Well, like if we, didn't, we first it's not, found like, a- it's not like we spoke that highly of it the first time. We just said we were curious about it, which we were, and I still am, but not the same way. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, at first it was an interesting relic, and now it's like, oh my god, is this seriously all this is? <laughs> I think Colonel Bleep is cool. I like the art style. I even like the whole sort of, like, you know kitschy terrible sci-fi thing to it i think it's cool i just don't think it's good i wish it would be yeah. rebooted yeah uh, yeah, but, yeah a yeah. netflix original series <laughs> and they, they wouldn't have to pay for the license either they exactly just, yeah like anyone could do it we I could do, do it. it if i wanted yeah they should make they should make a like kind of like a harvey Birdman style deconstruction of colonel bleep as like kind of like where they like take them and like make a more s- realistic sci-fi premise, but it's a comedy joke kind of thing. Yeah, or, that'll or, like kind of this, the, or well, hear something me, like hear me, something, hear me out. Hey, hear me okay. out here. Colonel Bleep, coast to coast. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, like that would end in an episode because he doesn't fucking talk. Um, I can't believe I can't believe nobody is taking advantage for this rich market to rake in those Colonel Bleep fan Benjamins. Like well, we just don't. Oh, oh, like like Space Ghost was a huge property when Space Ghost Coast bigger to Coast than, happened. Bigger than Colonel Bleep. But <laughs> I guess, yeah, no, but... I, I you you make a good point. I, I'm sure it would be successful if it was done by the right network in the right way. Yeah, um, like make it like a really kind of more goofy version of Venture Brothers or something. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, anyways, that would be fun. Anyways, okay, so uh, uh, so that was Colonel Bleep. So let's go ahead and head back to the list. I think that when you say it, your your breaks between the previous sentence and when you say the list are getting longer. <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional <laughs> either. I think that's it, just it like gives, happening. It, it, it gives the more it gives it more time for the uh, the cathedral reverb, uh, reverb to die out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Clearly, it's just uh, yeah, uh, just a, a lot of uh, you're just going for catharsis. Yeah, it's okay. about the experience. So, all right. Alex, drum roll, please. Ooh, that was a good drum roll. It was a, one of your better drum rolls, I think. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, I guess we're just going back into this kind of rut, because I could, swear to God we've done this before, where we're going straight from Colonel Bleep to a Popeye cartoon. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we're burning through the classics, which is great, because oh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure last episode we didn't watch a single licensed cartoon, so... Yeah, this is maybe um, this will be all licensed. Maybe. <laughs> so we're gonna watch an episode. Does, does called... Colonel Bleep count as a license? Or no? Oh, you know what? I guess it does. It's a serial. Yeah, it is a serial. It's but, like okay, anyway. I, I would say so. 
so anyways i could go for some cereal i could i could do that too i would like okay so the episode is called assault and flattery okay curious So, KC, uh, were we talking about literally just last episode that your least favorite thing in the world in terms of uh, cliches and cartoons is a clip show? Not last episode, but very recently I did say that I don't like clip shows. Okay, well, <laughs> yes. it wasn't last episode. It was the episode right before? Right. I believe that. so, where we talked about we talked about what our least favorite uh, motifs were in cartoons, and that was what I said was clip shows. And, and KC, describe to me, what is this? It's a clip show. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. This is like this was like the cartoon that you would show your friend who has never seen Popeye somehow and would never want to see Popeye again because it's <laughs> this is yeah this is the cartoon you would make if your studio had a week to make a cartoon. Because <laughs> <laughs> like even for a clip show, this is the flimsiest like like for like it's like okay. The premise of the cartoon is actually kind of interesting. Bluto is trying to say that Popeye is like does assault and battery on him on the regular and that he's a dangerous individual. And so he's suing him and he's in court right now. That's an okay premise. You could make some interesting like bits of comedy and like drama and like kind of just kind of subverting the whole concept of things it kind of talks about a bit what i was talking about in the first time we watched a popeye cartoon and that popeye kind of just beats the shell of bluto even if he doesn't deserve it like sometimes he does but sometimes he doesn't and it's kind of excessive how much he gets hurt at times and uh <clears throat> like but here's the thing uh so when they're like whenever bluto is like going back and explaining what's going on they do like a couple of episodes, like, they do clips from a couple episodes of him, like, getting the shit beat out of him, like, out of context to make it look like Popeye just was beating the shit out of him. And then there's, Popeye then gets to defend himself, and then instead of just, like, going through the same kind of thing where it's just, like, kind of going, Popeye, like, kind of talking about moments where he was using his things to save, uh, like, save olive oil from Bluto, because he does that, like, all the time, um, like... Instead, they just play basically the entire episode of a magician's episode of Popeye, and then a very racist one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of racist stuff in general in this cartoon because the first clip involves uh, Bluto being punched into a pigsty, where when he comes out, he's like the only thing that's covered in mud on him is his face. And only it's total, the face. Just only the face. The face. Just yeah. the face. <laughs> god and I, I think this was in the 70s too so like what the f- yeah <laughs> and uh and uh, the, the 19, middle cartoon 1956 was... apparently oh, still okay, so it's st- yeah. still still though i mean it, it was middle, never okay <laughs> the middle cartoon was one we've already seen so we won't talk about that one um yeah it's where it's where he gets punched see. yeah he gets punched into the wall then the clock falls on his head and then he just spits out cuckoo birds on his tongue because that's how <laughs> I like how we work. said we we're not going to talk about, it, and then we just ex- describe the entire scene in like the entire thing right there. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Um, so, like, my favorite thing about this cartoon is Bluto's like, like, Popeye assaulted me. Here's one example. Here's a second example. And then Popeye, his defense is him still assaulting. <laughs> like, <laughs> so... <laughs> so it's basically... I, well, like, there's no... Okay, not to be that guy, but, like, there's no reason why this would even be in court in the first place unless, like, like, like what kind of sham court procedure is going on here? Because, like, there's only two witnesses and they're both the defendant and the plaintiff there's no experts no eyewitnesses oh yeah no lawyers no no, Every, no everyone no lawyers. is representing themselves and like, the judge is wimpy the, there and are judge, a lot of people in the audience and i don't know why they're there <laughs> they just want to see two guys beat the shit out of each other i mean why else you know <laughs> like in this universe basically that's the only entertainment there is and that is just waiting for bluto or popper to beat the shit out of each other that's it <laughs> And so, um, but no, like, it's, <laughs> like, I, I hate that I don't like this cartoon, because, you see, I, I, I like the general idea of Popeye cards, even, even if they are very broad. Uh, I think they're fun. But this is a clip show, and it's also a clip show where all the clips are either really, really short and have nothing to point to it. Like, there's only three clips, and two of them are really racist. <laughs> so, yep. like... I'm like, because like, okay, the thing that the magic one, like the reason why it's racist is because Bluto is pretending to be an Arab dude with like a turban and like he's saying all these nonsense, like kind of like supposed to sound like he's speaking like Arabic or whatever. Uh, I think he threw some Yiddish words in there. Yeah, he threw in Yiddish words of all things. We think, we don't know. It sounded like, it sounded like Yiddish to me though. But uh, yeah, like, and there's a couple okay side gags, like, um. When Wimpy's, like, they cut away to, like, after Blue Oyster tells one of his stories, Wimpy's crying, and, like, what it is is that he's actually just chopping an onion while he's, like, middle stream, which I thought, I thought that was funny. I thought that was it okay. Was, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a clever take because of the way, like, the, the view kind of, like, panned back and you saw him cutting the onions it was really clever, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, Though he yeah. has a box of onions, which, yeah. was that a thing? Was that ever a thing? I don't know. You know, it was it was different back then. You know, back in my day, uh, you tie a knot to here, your Marvin. belt. Go. Go away, Marvin. Please. I'm kind of I'm kind of tempted to call these things um, to call these things helium for dirigibles moments, <laughs> where it's just like inexplicably there. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Like um, but no, like like okay. And I, I I do like Wimpy in general. I think he's great, and I do like the, how he like just completely swallows burgers whole, which is like that's light yeah. bulbs right there. And he, he like he um, like opens his mouth and shoves it in like a Pez dispenser. It's great. Yeah. But but then like and then I also there's also a good like gag that KC was laughing about, which is uh, when Bluto's like trying to show that there's nothing up his sleeve when he's a magician. Like he pulls up his sleeve and then like his arms just completely disappear. Yeah, li- there's literally it's like, it's like a Raymond sleeve. hand. Oh, it's like it. a a floating glove. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, there, I will say that it's kind of hilarious how, like, for this also being a clip show, it also goes to, like, one of the most cliched, uh, like, kind of moments you could find in a Popeye cartoon. And that uh, it's goes, it ends up with, like, Popeye having to chase olive oil or, yeah, chase, uh, hypnotize olive oil across a construction site where she's just barely avoiding danger left and right. 
Uh, yeah, and, and Alex Alex made a comment that made me laugh where he said, uh, he said, are they baby's day outing olive oil? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like, like there, there's a sweepy episodes of like of Popeye that did exactly the same thing, except those ones were fun because Popeye was getting the shit out of him and kind of had to kind of constantly like adjust himself, you know, like he had he was like trying his best to protect this baby. And like, so he became kind of the butt of the joke, even though like, you know, and it was kind of fun. I think that's actually I like that. I like that version of Popeye myself. Uh, but this is just like and for some reason, like Ludo actually does have magic powers, but I think it's attached to the turban, which they might have explained a bit more in the actual full-length cartoon, but they absolutely do not in this clip show. So I have no idea. Because um, when Bluto is like, you know, Popeye punches Bluto for the final time, he goes like 100 feet up in the air, Popeye puts on the turban, goes, Abracadabra, and then just snaps, and just a seal just comes a out seal of on nowhere. A ball. The seal is my favorite thing about this cartoon, probably. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Like, you thought it was going to like land on, I don't know, a pile of dynamite or something but like no it's a seal and the seal just no. tosses him in the air over and over again you know That's it's good it's a fun seal, a seal I, I always appreciate I, I the seals have my seal of approval and casey and casey casey you were talking about like you know things coming out of like absolutely nowhere how about those cans of spinach huh Oh yeah, but that's that's always how it went, isn't it? Right? Like he just kind of has them like in his clothes. Like he walks around with like five. Uh, cans no, but of okay, okay. Like in the construction like, site, there was a can of spinach like on the ceiling of like well, no, an it, it elevator. Came out of his, no, it came out of it came out of his pocket that and because it was magnetized to the oh, ceiling. I, it wasn't oh. magnetized. The elevator was falling so quickly that the elevator was falling faster than the can of spinach. Like, okay. have you ever have you ever held out a penny when you went on yeah, like I, a I, Tower okay. of Terror? Okay. Yeah, like yeah. that. I think that was the idea. Well, no, I think what um, uh, well, uh, what I want to think happened was that like it was also being ma- held like a, with a magnet there, and I, that's why I got sucked out of his pocket or something like that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining things with that. But. But then, like, th- but there's also two spinach moments because there's the other one where, like, after Popeye apparently nailing his case after talking about yeah. how he was Outside chased the about, yeah. yeah, like, out, like basically nailing his case by, like, uh, saying, like, just that, oh, I guess since Bluto chased you around in a magician's outfit, he's not, you're not guilty of beating the shit out of this guy, uh, and like, so. <laughs> So Bluto punches him in the fucking face in the middle of the courtroom, and then like he gets stuck in like the doorway, like twirls, and, twirls up like a rubber band, and then like a can of spinach just, just starts can- popping out, and I was just the, like, "Oh come on!" Like what the f- what is even happening? I, I the, whole, the whole series of Popeye is just an exercise in spinach ex machina. So. Yeah, come on! I, I told you stop doing that, Cinema Sins. You're not gonna do that here, okay? You're not gonna break um, the in here. And okay, let's see. And the the thing that actually happens next, I kind of liked, where he he painted the window like there's like a shade on the window that he paints black, and Bluto flies into it, and when he comes back, he, he's all stripy like a prisoner. Yeah, that's all right. That's um, that was an okay gag. Like okay, there's things about it that are okay, and things that I like, but it's also a clip show with a lot of stuff that just kind of like is either cliche or racist and i'm not yeah. sure how i feel about this it's bad um, it's bad no it's it, yeah i know what i feel it's bad but also i want to say 
Uh, sorry, Alex, in advance, because I'm cursing a storm in this episode, and you're gonna have no, a lot it's, of it's, it's okay. I've I've already got the raccoon noises. I'm just I've just got to figure out like uh, what would be a recognizable lemur noise. <laughs> have you even made? Have you even said anything that would warrant one yet? I think I I, I did. No, uh, no like, I think uh, I think he said point. I think he said shit a couple times. Yeah. All right. All right. Just 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 get like a generic monkey noise and then make it all digital. Yeah, maybe that that's I mean, what no lemurs sound like is heavily digitized monkeys. <laughs> so animals make a sound. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I'll the, take your word for it. The lemur says, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know." Good lemur noise. I, Are you no, opening up know. a lemur? No, I. Yeah. <laughs> I hope the lemur doesn't say that. Anyway, oh we should... Do we have anything else to say about this Popeye cartoon? No. No, no. I don't think I do either. <laughs> okay. All right, let's, let's go on. ahead and move on. Okay. okay. Uh, so let's go back to... The list. Oh. <laughs> We're expecting that, were you? No, I, I guess I guess not. <laughs> help, help. Okay, okay, now I'm the one trapped in the cathedral. Help. Help, the, the door's locked. Uh, someone, get me out of here. Okay, okay, so let's go to a uh, drum roll, Alex. Oh, the drum roll's inside the cathedral, too, because that's where Alex is. <laughs> We're making this so hard for Alex. <laughs> no. Oh, no, a helicopter is crashing through the ceiling. Ah! Oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> I okay. can't believe it. Okay, okay, okay. Oh okay. my god, Dom DeLuise is in the helicopter! And what? <laughs> Stop! Stop it! I'm just making this worse for myself! You're hurting oh my yourself god. at this point! <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we're gonna watch a Herman the Mouse cartoon called huh. Campus Capers. Hey, we actually watched a good cartoon today. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> Yay! So, um, this is another one of those novel tunes, uh, though, with the copy that we, me and Casey had, uh, so, uh, Alex is watching, uh, like, a different version of it, like, on YouTube, um, but with the ones we had, like, the novel tune, like, had, there's this weird, like, black bar situation, it was so lazy looking, like, they're trying to cover up, like, certain copyright things that are going on there, so, like, slapdashily, it's actually kind of hilarious, um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but like yeah, it, it, it's uh, another one of those, uh, and uh, it, like much like that one about like the lion th- who's super hungry and the hungry they lion. That was, and... Yeah, yeah, like the 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 one with the hungry lion, aka the character known as the hungry lion, and the uh, one with one of dog the, heaven. Yeah, and yeah. the one with dog heaven and stuff. Like they they like it's one of those cases where they were like have that one little bumper that says uh starring herman the mouse uh but uh or it just said starring herman and it's like as if it was going to be but one of the few cases where yeah there are actually multiple Herman cartoons apparently so okay at least two yeah at least two um and uh yeah this is actually pretty damn fun because this is like a traditional uh cat and mouse type of cartoon with slapstick and um 
Yeah, I, I dug it. Basically, the it's weird the setting. <laughs> it's a weird setting because it's about how mice went to Harvard. No, 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 no. Harvard. Harvard. They spell it out in know? like little mouse letters at the end of them, like climbing on each other's shoulders and stuff. Oh, okay. So they went. So, they went to a parody or some derivative of Harvard. Which and, is uh, it still it's still a, scaled for humans, and the, the yeah, mice are it's, tiny. It's, it's giant furniture, like human furniture, human buildings. But the people who go there are mice. Yeah, <laughs> which who who built it? Why? <laughs> someone like, like someone. Like, someone was no like, one you knows. all think I'm crazy, but I'm going to build the first mouse university. I, I'm pretty it. sure this is a prequel to Zootopia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe yes. well, like, I, I but had like, to bring up Zootopia again, of course. But, but like, no, it starts like, with uh, uh, it starts with mice. Like, it shows off the class of twenty forty, the class of twenty thirty. The it, it's yeah. basically showing yuppies through the ages. Um, nineteen well, like yeah, nineteen forty. Like, the nineteen forties yeah. ones are a bunch of mice in suit suits, which are awesome. Then a bunch of um, then the next one is like a bunch of mice in like for nineteen twenties. It's like a bunch of like those like big old burly like fur coats or whatever and those are pretty great mm-hmm. too and then it was to a bunch of dapper looking mice from the 1900s the curly and... curly mustaches all that yeah and that was also ruled so i was like at that moment i was like yeah this cartoon's great and i love it um <laughs> and uh, then like there's a cat who goes to quincy university and decides hey i hear those mice over at harvard uh are singing and having a party uh, I want to go in then and beat the shit out of them and eat them. I guess. I guess that's what they're going for with that. He pull, well, like, he pulls he, he pulls the bars of a fence and runs through and instantaneously smashes through a glass window like, with no travel time in between. <laughs> uh, but like no, like seriously, like it's uh though I, I want to say like usually in these kind of cartoons, like the general like like the concept is that these mice are like crashing a human's like party for harvard or something like that like that's that's the reason why everything is so human sized and all that but there's zero context that that's even happening in this yeah you know for what it sounds like it is just for these mice uh and this cat is just in a rival university it's not like a cat from harvard that's trying to like save the mess hall or whatever it's just a cat from a different university because there's a rivalry between the two and he wants to kill and eat them yeah, like you don't even see a human in the entire cartoon. No, none. Like the closest you don't even see the suggestion a... of one. No, well, no, there is a small suggestion of one where, like, the the car that uh, that our uh, Herman comes in on, like, it, you can kind of see like kind of an outline of a guy driving the vehicle. Okay, because he's like, but he's on like, but like he's but obviously Her- not driving for Herman Herman's, because like, Herman's, Herman's not in the, the vehicle. Heart. He's yeah. like on the little little decal. He's, he's on the he slides yeah, the, down the, a woman's getting, body in order yeah, to get. He's getting cozy with the hood ornament and yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he slips down it. Um, and, but like that's after like all the mice got kicked out and yeah. Like, but then, like, Herman goes in and is like, oh, I'm going to solve this problem. Like, uh, whatever. And that's not an actual beat of dialogue. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. Because basically all it is from there on out is, like, a lot of different sorts of sight gags. Yeah, uh, just a lot of a lot of cat and mouse style. Slapstick uh, and sight yeah. gags and stuff. And Some of it's like, really clever. Yeah, I, I like some of them. Um, like, I mean, there's some of the more generic stuff. Like, oh, he's 
they're in a bowling alley, which I guess they have in a college dorm like this. And, uh, like the, he turns it to a, the cat turns it to a bowling pin and then he hits him with the bowling pin, bowling ball and stuff. Uh, but then there's like more clever things. Like, uh, one of the ones I liked was there was the, uh, when he was like in, in the pool table, uh, like he basically grabs the cat's tail and then combs it to make it look like himself and then says, no, please don't eat me, Mr. Cat, and sticks the tail up there. And then like a bear trap, the cat's jaws crushes on his own tail. And yeah, it's, it's, and then like, if it's, that's a good moment. I like that one. Um, what, what, God, what were some other ones that happened in this? Um, he, he jumps into a cheese and then... The, the, oh. the cat slices the cheese and he jumps out and he, he knocks the cat out with some balonies and then he there's a bowl of tongues. You know it's you know. a school. I'm not sure. I am not sure if that's a helium for dirigibles moment or if it's something that they actually serve like at Harvard. It was either an octopus tentacle or like a beef tongue. I, said, I think it's it said beef tongues. tongues. It's beef the tongues. The sign said tongue. Okay, so that yeah, so, there was like a beef tongue, probably. Yeah, but like it's Which really is a clever because like this, I think this was actually the most clever joke was that was that yeah, like while the cat is passed out, the the mouse shoves the tongue into the cat's mouth so that it will appear as if it's his own tongue when he wakes up, and so he starts using the the meat slicer on the tongue and the cat wakes up and thinks that his tongue is being sliced to pieces that that that, that one is probably that's, my favorite one too yeah that, which that one i know is that the best that one. sounds that yeah. sounds really terrible it, yeah, it's like, grisly, I, but I that's because like, it is and i love it i feel it. like 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 it's almost getting into itchy and scratchy territory there yeah it's just yeah, a little bit, I, I, a little bit. I, I think my favorite part about that was that like like when like it was getting close like to the end of the beef tongue the cat like just opens his eyes and then his eyes just like his eyebrows go like straight up to the ceiling for like one second yeah and like i love and i love his like thing where he's like like he, he's like sheepishly like terrified like shaking as he's reaching into his own mouth to see if his tongue is okay like i think that was a good that was a good moment too like that yeah and like it's a lot of that kind of stuff and my, my the only thing I want to also mention that I thought was really messed up is how the mice, like the ones that aren't Herman, they're all cowards and give up on a dime. Yeah, like they legitimately yeah. like turned yellow down their backs, like when well, well, when when Herman was well, like, "Come on, we gotta we gotta like uh, hustle this guy, we gotta like shove him out of here," you know. Well, what I think what was going on there was like, um, because like he was sharpening a knife, which by the way, Casey hates that noise. Apparently, uh, it's a, it's a uh, bad noise. Yeah. It, it is a kind of a tat, bad noise, but uh, but like when he was uh, the cow sharpening noise, so I think what it was is supposed to be like they're imagining that they're they getting skin down the well, back of their like stuff like that. So Alex like that. Alex watched a version of this on YouTube that was colored a lot better than ours. <laughs> so yeah. so should we put so, that version? So it, should we put that yellow? version in the show notes, or should we put this terrible colored one? <laughs> well, probably um, probably the one that you have because I know we have a link to that and that it's in English, but like but. Yeah, the so if the mice turned yellow down their back, Alex would have a better sense of it than we did. I guess. Yeah. I, I just I just determined it as that like, oh, they're terrified that they're gonna get skinned because because of their back or whatever. Yeah. But that does you know. make sense. Anyways, but but then like there's this weird moment where like uh so Herman like like after he's flattened the uh, flattened the cat 
uh, with like a pool table and like all the mice are celebrating and singing the 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 their Alamander's like theme song or whatever. Uh, and he's like, Urban's trying to shove him underneath the doormat to try to get him out. Well, but out then, the, like, out the mail slot, right? Out, well, no, it was oh, under no, no, the no, door. That's right. But but he was but it curled up around into the mail slot. And then what what happens? He uh, the cat like reforms into like a like a 3d cat grabs the mouse and then like there's this weird moment where like it just like all the mice freak out it does like a weird cut to then where all the mice are like in a completely different area now where they're all just crying as if like herman's yeah, already died uh, like they're in mourning Harper and then it just like be the same and like That's and it's so say. weird because then because like you were thinking oh wait did they like are they gonna have a thing where like oh we're gonna see the cat and he's like sleeping but then like herman just crawls out of his mouth or something like that no he's still like putting the heart the sandwich together that has a herman in it so they just gave up like instantly and just assumed, oh he's dead <laughs> we're just gonna not even try to save him because he's because he's getting lemon squirt in his eyes though oh yeah another moment i do like is that uh when uh he gets salt and pepper herman gets salt and pepper on his nose uh Herman sneezes, and then the cat goes gazoote, and then uh, the mouse, and Herman goes donkey. Yeah, I like that too. That was, that was a fun cute. moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, and the way that Herman gets out of that situation is that as soon as like like literally the last one, like right when he's in the mouth of the cat, he starts singing the universe, the Quincy University uh, theme, which is the cat's university, and so that like he gets he gets the cat. The gets cat just starts blubbering, so it's, like, cry. Yeah, we're crying because he loves his alma mater so just much. Just like a, a giant, then, giant ugly cry. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, God, what is it? That, I, I've actually completely blacked out how he gets out of this from there. What, what happens? I I don't know. He, like, catches the cat at its weakness and... Like, yeah, like he basically just does something to kick him Bang, out of Bang, zoom, straight to the moon, you know, that... But the reason why I'm like so like I had a hard time because I was so distracted by the fact that the, the version of cartoon we got at least on the DVD, uh, basically just like as soon as like he's thrown out the window and rolling away, it just cuts and that's the end. It goes straight into the next cartoon. It's it's weird. Oh yeah, yeah. because because then sick. like on my version, that's when the mice like did the little dance spelling out Harvard with their bodies. And then oh, okay. the cartoon oh, ended in it. a more of a traditional sense, and then there are like three frames of like a like a, a real guy in a yellow shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think that's just because our DVDs are messed up or something, and they just cut that out for like for whatever yeah, dumb reason. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, uh, this was a good cartoon. Uh, I uh, I thought it was fun, uh, not exactly innovative, but at the same time, I love a good slapsticky cat and mouse and i think this cat looked cool too and i love the cat's design a lot it's, fun. it's a good barrel chested oh, cat it's a good barrel chested cat and i also really like all the different outfits for the mice so yes um that's good if you just want a good mice fashion show then watch this uh all right so now that we've handled the cartoon aspect of it of tonight let's go on to the uh prompts so uh every week we have a little prompt that we uh Basically, we uh, just ask our audience, hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you like? What's your opinion on this or that or the other thing? And we also have our own opinions and all that stuff. Um, so. Uh, and people either email us at uh, ToontownPublicWorks at Gmail dot com or uh, they send us an app, uh, a reply on our Twitter feed, which is Toontown Public. Uh, so let's go ahead. It's I want to start off with some emails because uh 
I want to go ahead and get our email in from one of our most longtime and loyal listeners of the show, uh, Cirque the Cat. Because, uh, uh, by the way, the, the prompt was, what cartoon are you most thankful for? Because it's tomorrow for us, it's Thanksgiving, but by the time it's out there, it's going to be like December or something, but whatever. It's still, you could be thankful all holiday season long, so screw you. Um, Thanks. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Cirque the Cat replied and said, I'd have to say that I'm most thankful for is, oh, heck, how do I pick one? Uh, there's so many that are so important to me. I guess one of the most formative things I would uh, I would be radically different without is Batman the Animated Series and, God, it's a tough choice between that and the Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, there's something so positive about the depiction of Batman as someone who has genuinely cared about the people he's, uh, he was trying to stop, combined with the pathos of the villains that I, that I think may have at least partially shaped how I write, like to write my stories today. At the very least, it was the forefront of my giving me a firm appreciation for not just comics, but action plot lines and cartoons, and movies that had depth and emotion to them. Really, I think it was my first introduction to that fact that cartoons could do something like that. Wow, it's like he was, was in am- the room. That was amazing. It's it's like Cirque was alive and here with us today, panned yeah, ever so slightly to the right. Too bad he's dead. Oh God, I'm sorry, That's sir. I know you're here listening to this to like edit it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, boy. Hugging Lovely you, response. Boy. Thank you very um, much. But uh, yeah, uh, I I, I I I would say that uh, Batman the animated series uh, is a really, really, really good animated show. Uh, and I would say that it was one of the formative ones for me too. Uh, uh, when I was like four, I had like a Batman costume that I literally wore everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I had a whole bunch of those. Um, I remember how back in the nineties they used to do that thing where they would, uh, just recolor Batman action figures so that they could reuse the same mold. <laughs> like I had like a hundred of those. <laughs> yeah. I OC, exactly. do not yeah. steal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah. Batman, Batman the Animated Series is great and still great today, no, even in my adulthood. I, I watched a couple episodes not too long ago, and uh, yeah, like some of the episodes are like actual genuine tear jerkers. They're really freaking good, um, and they're they're just really well written, really funny. Like there, there's an episode of the, where the Joker is like he makes a pet project out of stalking this one guy just because he like kind of like snubbed him once. And like even like even after he goes into witness protection, Joker still finds him, and it's just the most messed up thing I've seen in a long time in like a cartoon like that. And it was it's actually really really good, and it actually is, it's honestly better than a lot of Joker stories out there because it honestly does better to service the idea that Joker is like a complete monster who will ruin lives while also making it a punchline in a way. It's it's really 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 good. Um, yeah, good. And of course, answer. Mark Hamill is always good at that. Yes, good answer. Um, uh, so we also got a response from uh, Miko, aka Alex, aka uh, the Yifmeister, uh, who oh, <laughs> who <laughs> no relation. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, listen to listen to Burn Down the Sandcast, which oh, is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. uh, podcast. Yeah, that's uh, so. Uh, yeah, he responded with, uh, 
I think Animaniacs might have been the most important cartoon that I am thankful for in terms of who I became as a person. Um, I'm basically a walking shit post, and that's kind of what Animaniacs was. <laughs> that's, that's respectable. That's respectable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a lot of ways. Sometimes, sometimes Animaniacs was actually surprisingly highbrow, though. You know, like they. Yeah. There was there was an episode at least of Pinky and the Brain that was a parody of uh, the Third Man. Is the is that the movie? I think it's called well, and like I don't know well, like I mean, they they did they did Man of La Mancha like they they always their referential humor which was only subtly referential was always well, like, very like like all the Rita and Grunt uh, Mutt, all the Rita and Mutt episodes are basically yeah. all parodies of famous Broadway musicals including obscure ones like I know there's one that was straight up a Sweeney Todd parody yeah so uh, like they uh, so while while it was yeah, you know, kind of posty humor, I guess. It, it it was always very um gosh, I don't even know how to describe it. Not highbrow. It's definitely not that. <laughs> um, and then, well, I mean, there's still there's still a finely a mo- done sh- post is what it is. Yeah. There sure. there are moments where Yakko asks for uh try to find Prince and then uh Oh, this one. <laughs> Dot brings in print uh Prince as in the musician Prince oh, and yeah. then Yakko goes, "No, no, fingerprints." And Dot goes, "Not interested." And just throws Prince out the window. So. I don't think so. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How the fuck did they get away with that? <laughs> well, the, the censors just probably didn't notice. Yeah, I guess so. Uh. Um. Anyways, uh, and also Miko said, Miko said, uh, I'm also thankful for Mike Lewinog exists, even though nobody seems to remember it. That show was really good. Which honestly, I, I remember Mike Lewinog, and I remember being really into Mike Lewinog as a kid, but I have not seen it in years, and my rule is that if I have not seen something in a long time, I cannot be a, give a fair judgment of it. Mm. Yeah, so. I literally don't know what it is. Yep. Um, it's a it's a show where a, uh, a New York girl basically does a uh, foreign exchange student uh, trip, and oh, okay. she ends up, like, she ends up going to a desert island that's, like, on with on, not on a map or anything. Uh, so she's basically living with a bunch of native people, but, uh, I don't know, like that, that when you say it like that, it probably is going to lead to some kind of racist bits to it. And there kind of is some in some of the designs, but, uh, I remember it being at least somewhat innocent. So, okay. Yeah. I'd have to check it out then. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, those, those are our emails. Uh, now we actually got a ton of, uh, replies on Twitter see here and just pull them up right now the curse of having a somewhat famous podcast <laughs> oh that <laughs> was that adjacent. is a very that is a very very generous. kind very description generous, of what this yes, is yes <laughs> a famous yes. adjacent podcast <laughs> a famish uh, podcast famish <laughs> shout um, out to my man steve burns for coining that phrase okay all right so, all right so uh our first response came from uh, Fine Ursign, who is a uh, re- who's a uh, messaged us in the past. So thank you very much for Fine. Uh, and he responds, "The Critic, in its brief life on ABC and Fox, it was one of the most the, one of the best satires of the movie industry and pop culture I have ever seen. It is firmly entrenched in the '90s and a long gone version of New York City, but it goes after the zeitgeist very well. And uh, yeah, I, I generally agree that The Critic is actually." pretty dang good but i think that's one of those shows that's like like you, you're, you're kind of like it's like kind of like 
cartoon snob cred where you say, yeah. oh, yeah, I love the critic. You know, I loved it back in the day, you know, it's but it's not it's only only because it was good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those shows where it's so obviously good that yeah. it's it's kind of it, it's almost kind of redundant to say that the critic is good. Yeah, um, it it is. It is really, really good, though. I love it. I love it. Um. Uh, so thank you, uh, Finer Sign. So we also got one from uh, Nikon Raccoon. Uh, who responded with the raccoons? Uh, it is most likely the reason why I'm a raccoon today, which I'm going to assume means that this is an actual raccoon that's typing on the internet, which is fantastic. So we need more of those. So great job, you. great job. Excellent. Uh, I'm just I love your little. I love thinking about how your little paws are typing the keyboard right now. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, They're cleaning the keyboard and typing on it. And then cleaning it some more. <laughs> they, they dunk it in water and then it <laughs> yeah. stops working. And they're like, what the heck's happening? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we also got a response from, uh, oh God, why do you guys always have to have those more ridiculous names? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm insulting our audience and I'm so sorry for that. Um, Don't do that. Mindol Hill Rorar. Their, their their name is like mashed potatoes. I'm just going to call them mashed potatoes on this. Um, so mashed potatoes <laughs> says Avatar: The Last Airbender, and that's it. I uh, that was a that was a favorite of so many people in high school, and I never gave it a chance. Yeah, I like the thing is that Avatar: The Last Airbender came out at a time when I was in my firm camp that I am done with action cartoons in general. So I didn't really watch it. See, like my problem was that Avatar The Last Airbender came out at a time where I was firm in my camp of watching real anime. <laughs> real anime. <laughs> yeah, like not not any of this garbage. Please. You know. Watching yeah, the fake so, anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was uh, that was why I didn't watch it, which I regret because I've heard so many great things about it, and I should probably go back and give it a shot. Yeah, I, I never- did, however, watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, so- no! <laughs> so- oh no! I'm sorry. That's that's okay. not how that's not how you do that. That's. <laughs> no. Uh, I, okay. I watched it. I watched it with Rift Tracks. Full disclosure. Oh, okay. Fair okay. enough. Fair okay. Enough. Yeah, that okay. that's more forgivable. That's a lot more forgivable. Uh, I never got into uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender because I didn't have cable. So really, the only times I saw it were when I was in like hotel rooms and about to visit family. And so that'll just that would just plot me like right in the middle of an episode. And, uh, I mean, that's really how I felt with, like, about a lot of action or, or serial cartoons. Like, I, if I, I, I couldn't maintain interest. If I was plopped into, like, the middle of an episode with no backstory or, or like, you know, what have you, like, it's, I, f- I found it hard to catch up. So that sort of thing never really interested me. Yeah, yeah I, 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 all I, I know, my only experience with it is, I, I think... It might have been the Sadie Hawkins dance my junior year or something. Uh, what our school did was they had everyone kind of make their own T-shirts, uh, everyone who was kind of doing a group date together. 
and our group did Avatar The Last Airbender, so I wore one of the shirts to the dance, and I had no idea what it was. So it was it was and you permanently lost the... all your anime cred <laughs> well uh our our shirt had um the uh mm. the sky buffalo thing <laughs> yeah all right uh so uh velocilot which is a fantastic name so thank you for having a fantastic name velocilot responded uh justice justice league unlimited you know, it's kind of hilarious that I got these two really short answers back to back. And after Twitter has uh, 280 characters, <laughs> I kind of was hoping people would start actually giving you longer responses. But I'm sorry. I, I, again, I'm being rude. I'm sorry. Well, if we get if we got so many responses, I'm almost kind of grateful for the short ones. <laughs> so, well, I, yeah, I guess so. Like, um, I guess basically all I, I, I didn't really watch Justice League because kind of like my my Batman loving basically uh was like the beginning and end of a lot of my uh, superhero fondness for like a long time until like the 2000s when Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out, which is like a long time, I realize, but still. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's a, uh, I've heard great things about Justice League Unlimited. Uh, there's a lot of moments that are apparently really good. Like I, I, I've seen the clip where it's from the episode where uh, Lex Luthor swaps body with the Flash. And so what he does is he goes into a bathroom mirror with where he's wearing the Flash costume. And then he's like, now I'm going to finally know who the It's old man Willows. <laughs> takes off the mask. And then he stares at himself and he's yeah, like, yeah, that's right. It's just like, I no. have no idea who this is. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's, it's great. That's a good moment. Um, so uh, I always uh, turn. I always turned did, it off. And you have opinions of Justice League? I never watched it. I feel bad. It. Like I'm sure it was great though. Okay. Yeah. I okay. I never watched it either. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So thank you, thank you, Velocilot. Velocilot. Again, your name is awesome, Velocilot. <laughs> Velocilot. Velocilot. Um, do 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 Velocilot. Do 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 do. <laughs> Veloce a lot. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. Um, so, uh, maybe if you spell it for us, Canis Mr. Mr. Bad Guy. Okay. Mr. Bad Guy. Uh, or C I C A Canis Tenebrius. T I don't know. N E B R I S. Tenebris. Canis Tenebris. Tenebris. Canis Tenebris. I we're friends, Canis Tenebris. Uh I know you very, very well. Uh so, Dog person. Yeah. Yeah, dog friend. Dog friend. Uh even though he's a coyote. Anyways. Uh, coyote friend. He says a split between the critic and Digimon Tamers, weirdly enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we've already talked a bit about Critic. Uh, I know literally nothing about Digimon other than the fact that it was uh, yeah, up against Pokemon. Yeah, grow up with Digimon. Kid, and that means it was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was probably but good, yeah. I'm sure it was good. I know if people really like Digimon or are still fond of Digimon, so hey, good on you. Though, though I, I do, I did, 
like in one of those Cartoon Network contests in like Toonami, I believe. They had like one of those calling contests to win like a one of those Digimon like Gigapet things. Awesome. And I actually won one of those, which was actually oh, pretty God. incredible. Um, and then you killed it. Well, I mean, the whole point is that you would fight the different like it was like kind of like a Tamagotchi, but then you would like. Mm-hmm. Put like have like two Digimon next to each other so they can like fight each other like Pokemon would. It's it's weird. But well, what do you think happens if you don't feed it? Uh, I think they run away. I think that's what happens. <laughs> oh, okay. I I had a Neopets toy like that as as well. If I didn't give them enough attention, they'd just run away. Which is you know a great way to get kids to learn about good time management by trying to make sure their Neopets don't die by I playing with this Pikachu, dumbass toy like whatever they were for, called like. 45 minutes at a time i have uh yeah yeah i had uh i had a bunch of these actually i had like the jurassic park uh t-rex baby t-rex one but then i also had like a which looked like nothing like a t-rex but anyways uh then there was also uh the sabrina the teenage witch salem (laughs) gigapet which i had (laughs) and uh yeah the thing about gigapets i remember is that uh they were fun, but since you couldn't do them when you were in school, they would, like, make noises and stuff like that, or you could mute them, or they would get really mad at you. Or, like, they would also wake you up in the middle of the night. Oh, <laughs> and boy. And that, that, that sucked. And so I, as much as I really liked collecting them, I didn't really play them very for very long, because I kept on getting sick of, like, having to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning just to feed my freaking gigapet or whatever. I, nev- um, I never really got into, like, the, like, gigapet thing but when i was a kid i had several furbies those things were weird i have i i had several furbies and i actually had a baby furby and it had one of those weird glitches when like they have been used in a long time oh yeah so so then oh yeah those that eventually all happened to all all of mine just that like weird circuit bent like linear prediction like garbo mess that comes out of the mouse like yeah exactly and that was honestly the most fun i ever had with the giga uh, with uh for me <laughs> <laughs> so those things so but it was like glitching out so anyways uh that's a lie i enjoyed it as a kid but at the same yeah. time it's not really that interesting anyways um so uh grunt the mastiff replied and said ed ed and eddie it was a fun show to watch as i grew yeah, up and super great to watch uh, as still. i got older and well, no, it was a fun show to watch when I grew up, and as I got older, I noticed that more jokes in it than I did as a kid. The animation was also super nice, and I think that's a good answer because Ed and Eddie is quite honestly one of the few uh, CN shows that I feel like still holds the test of time, at least in that era. I love, I loved Ed, Ed and Eddie. Like I-, I said, like I didn't have cable, but I loved Ed, Ed and Eddie probably a lot because of the fact that there is like absolutely zero continuity. I mean. Yes, on that level too. But like, I think, and also, I was totally one of those terrible lol so random kids. So I thought that Ed was the funniest dude in the world. Oh no, no, I was. I, I, I would, I would go around like, like, ten years old, going dig a hole, dig a hole, dig a hole, and think it was like the funniest. I think, I think the only reason why I stomached Invader Zim as a kid is because I thought Gur was hilarious, and that was literally it. Oh God. Um, but uh. Yeah, like, uh, Ed and Eddie is actually just a really, it's just a very good slapstick kind of show that has very well-defined characters and character traits, and, um, 
honestly gets pretty damn unpredictable at times, and I really, really like that. Um, and it also faked me out really, really hard. What a great show. Because there was an episode where, like, because, you know, they never show the parents. Like, the only, like, pretty much the, there's only, like, a nine characters they really show throughout the majority of the series. And, like, the parents are never around. And uh, the only time that, like, there's a moment where, like, it looked like they were going to finally show the parent of Ed. Because, uh, like, Sarah was going to, like, tell on him for, like, out doing something. And it turns, she turns around. And then it's got, he has Johnny's face on it. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> God damn it. I, I was so excited there for, like, half a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good show. So, uh, and our last response was from, uh, it was from uh, Kim Pegasus, who they actually did respond to the previous prompt too, and uh, that was uh, they're apparently a new listener. So thank you very much for listening to us, Kim Pegasus. Thank you. We're uh, honored. We're honored to have honored. you. Fantastic. Uh, basically, their thing was about uh, it was about the whole two D versus three D animation thing, and uh, try to remember what exactly they said. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, they said uh, traditional animation uh, most of the time, but two D CG stuff like Flash and Toon Boom alike can be just as charming. So there you go. Um, Excellent. There we go. But uh, about the prompt that matters, <laughs> uh, they said uh, they actually had a couple of responses, but I'm only going to read one of them because one of them was actually my answer, and I didn't want them to steal my thunder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that from you, Kim. Deal with it. Um, so they they said, uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, basically changed my life, and the fandom around it led me to starting a company and becoming much more involved in my local community. Oh, so, I think that one was influential to a lot of people. No, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, there, was, there was a time where I was super, really, really into uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Uh, uh, the, I, I would say the first two seasons are pretty solid. Uh, I haven't watched them in a while, but... Uh, I remember really, really enjoying them. I do think that, well, I think the third season is, eh. I, I think the fourth season has its really high moments that I really enjoy, especially the finale. Um, and I honestly didn't really watch any season past that. Uh, uh, personally, I have some issues with the the, the, the Brony fandom. Um, but I, I, honestly, I feel like that a lot of those problems are just uh, stuff that we see in the majority of fandoms in general. And so I don't really belong to many like, like fandoms officially really. And I wasn't, I was at a point where I was like, do I really want to stay with a show that I'm only sort of enjoying right now? You know, like that's basically what it was. Um, if, if the show was like consistently fantastic for me, in my opinion, uh, then I would have just completely ignored like a lot of the large swaths of the bad parts of the show uh, fandom. But there were a lot of things that were happening both behind the scenes and on the show proper that I was not really a fan of, and I kind of throw out. But yeah, that being said, I also do understand that there's a lot of value in a lot of these communities. Um, and I, I don't I don't actually decry anyone who still really enjoys the show. Uh, I, I, I've heard there's actually some really excellent moments in the later seasons. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I'm not really interested in seeing it, but you know, I've heard some good things about it too. Um, yeah, I, I, in general, uh, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm okay with the show. I've made my piece. So uh, I, I, I made a joke about bronies earlier in, in the program and 
I now kind of like to apologize for that. It's it was coming from mm. an ex Brony who had an experience with the show and the fandom that was not very much like yours. But I mean, if you had that experience and if it inspired you to get out and do things and help your community, I am all for that. Good for you. Keep watching. Keep loving it. Yeah. Like, um, I've also had some bad experiences with bronies too. Um, and with like, kind of like the, the fandom definitely left a sour taste in my mouth, but Mm, at the same time, like if you're having a great time and you're, you know, you're doing your all and you're, you're a good person, then by all means, love it. Be and where's, where's totally the problem, involved. you know? Be, 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 be the good example in the fandom, you know? Yes. Be the, be the one that's, the, that's what you have to be. And I'm, I'm sure that you are. So, thank you. Um, so, all right. Now, uh, let's see here. What else do we need? Okay, so yeah, that was all the prompts, that all the responses we got. So thank you, literally everyone who responded. It's wonderful to hear from you. It really, really is. All right, so let's go on and uh, give our own responses. So uh, let's see here. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Go ahead. Okay, so um, if you've been listening to the show since uh, the beginning of the episode, uh, this is kind of a give me, but uh, I'd say... The cartoon I am the most thankful for is Homestar Runner. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, my my older brother actually introduced me to it um, because he saw that I was watching some Flash cartoons that were of lesser quality. He particularly disliked Eskimo Bob. I'm still not sure why. I I think Eskimo Bob is charming and fun, and it's I mean it's it's clearly made by. A couple of kids learning flash so i mean mm. if, like if you make something and it comes from a spirit of that then make it i mean i've, I've always oh, yeah, been into, sure. into, into that, stuff that's like basically that. what we're doing here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but anyway homestar runner actually i think introduced me to basically all my friends and like all the important people in my life like oh. uh, so, some to this day uh Include including uh, Charlie, who I uh, who who made that uh, biopic that I I starred in and scored. So, yeah, I mean, wow. I I mean, it's not gonna you know, it's twenty minutes long and it's not gonna get like any major awards or anything. But I'm I'm glad I had the chance to do it. I I really enjoyed doing it. I just am really happy that such a dumb goofball cartoon is uh, just got me to like connect with so many people whereas i might not have otherwise i had a bit of a hard time making friends in in like in 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 grade school and all Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that during a specific period of my life uh i think homestar runner was more formative to me than any other cartoon uh oh my god same yeah like specifically i feel like my sense of humor started at Homestar Runner and evolved into something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, like yeah. that was like so much so like so much of the way I joke with other people or the the way that I uh uh the way that I just generally humorously interact with other people uh is is it evolved from me I've, trying I've, to emulate the humor in <laughs> that cartoon. It actually I've been thinking for a while like what 
how much of the Venn diagram between Homestar Runner fans and McElroy fans is like a circle. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I probably. Think it is. And also, yeah. the, it also introduced me to They Might Be Giants, which was also the springboard for me listening to basically music in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. Like a, a lot of, uh, yeah. it, it may have just been the timing. Like maybe everyone kind of has a, a formative thing like that. But, uh, but yeah, for me, that cartoon was instrumental when I was, uh, uh, probably a young adult. No, no. Let's see. I was probably what twelve, thirteen ish. I was. I was like time, eight maybe. or nine when my brother introduced me to it. I so. might have been younger. It was. It was a long time ago. It was introduced to me by my friend Jackson, who's unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, but uh, but uh, it. Uh, but yeah, like it really just permeated the culture of uh, of all of the kids that i hung out with at the time yeah i i would i'm when it comes to homestar runner like uh there is a definitely period where like you mentioned that like at for a time it was like more formative than any other cartoon at your time Mm -hmm. and i i i have that i had that same experience like um i mean like it's so homestar runner is so formative to me that i still call my laptop my lappy I still oh, do I think, that. I think yeah. like half the people who own a laptop do that. Uh, I mean, like I've got made fun of for calling my laptop a lappy before, and I'm like, "Fuck you, it's great." I, I'm calling it a lappy. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I had like uh, in middle school, I watched a ton of it when I was uh, like, like I watched like Homestar Runner emails, like like the the Strong Bad emails, like as soon as they were like brand new, and like daydreaming about emailing strong bad and him like doing an episode about like an email i sent or whatever you know like uh it it was it was such a important thing for me at the chop at the time it was like uh it it really is some of the best and like at, at the yeah. time like there was kids that were also making fun of it it's like oh it's for babies for it's for gay wallets okay and stuff like that. And yeah like, that was that actually ended up happening with a a long-term sort of pseudo friend of mine who would be like on and off with things I liked about that. He'd bond with me and then try and convince me that it wasn't cool. Uh, yeah. And like, screw you. It was, it's good. Shit. Well, jokes on them because now that we're adults, everyone likes it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be getting yeah. a coach. I'm going to get a coach. These shirt as soon as possible. Yeah. So hell yeah. Now that they're selling them yeah. again. Fuck yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, now, Casey, did you want to go next? Sure. Um, uh, I'm going to say The Simpsons. Uh, we we talked mm. about this show so so much on our program, so I don't want to like retread a lot of that ground. But like that that mm. was the other cartoon that I think was somewhat formative to my sense of humor. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, what I really appreciate about The Simpsons is that uh, I feel like something I use to evaluate a lot of my friendships is our ability to just go back and forth and share Simpsons quotes. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have, uh, there, like, I had a weird thing where I was like, I was super obsessed with Simpsons for a while, then I just stopped. And then right around the Simpsons movie came out, I basically went full hog even further into the Simpsons than I ever full was before. Full hog even further into the Simpsons. <laughs> Shut up. Just, yeah. Oh, man. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, like this is reminding vocabulary that being so incredibly limited. This is reminding me of of a tweet I saw. I I can't remember who made it, but it said, uh, "Imagine a Thanksgiving dinner where the grandparents only make Monty Python references, the parents only make Simpsons references, and the children only make McElroy references." So <laughs> I would I would be able to join all three of those conversations. That was the best family ever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I I know Ooh, I know are, enough uh, about what are we all having steamed hams. <laughs> I want a munch squad. <laughs> da, 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 da. I don't want to steal their podcast. Stop okay, okay. their <laughs> podcast, guys. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're we're our own podcast. I, I we, did we I do did the thing again, didn't I? It's okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, mm, so uh, now our. Uh, now, my response, uh, and like I said, uh, Kim responded with this same thing, um, and I, I just wanted to make it my own thing, because uh, it honestly is, like, genuinely, like, when I when I think about the concept of a cartoon being important to me, like, genuinely important to me, in the sense that I feel like that it's valuable, not just to myself, but to society and whole, um, for me, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm being really grandiose with this, but that's only because I'm like, it, it's honestly that important to me. Um, and that, uh, uh, Steven Universe is the show that I'm most thankful for. Um, oh yeah, because yeah, that's 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 a good call. That's that's yeah, a good because <laughs> because like Steven Universe is it's legitimately the first LGBTQ uh, kids show ever. It legitimately is. It, it it's about like love in all its forms and how people like how uh like about like people like defying gender norms and uh gender identities and like finding love uh in like in anyone that they can basically that they can like the uh there there are characters that are very uh very heavily uh like inspired by autistic people. They're characters that are very, uh, um, very heavily inspired by like, uh, demographics and groups of people that we never see. Like there are, uh, there are more people like I actually know in real life in Steven universe than pretty much any other show I know of. And like, in, like in my little like area where I found my like little family of, uh, of like LGBT people that I find very important. Like, it's so amazing to see a show that not just validates us, but also celebrates us in a way that yes. like, honestly, like in a way like, and, and it's not just talking about like, like it isn't just like being like super, like, like there's whole episodes where like, even though it is about gay relationships, there's also things about how there are like complications in those kind of relationships too. They don't try to make them all super sparkly and nice. They still have yeah. their own problems to them. Like there are whole episodes about abusive relationships. There's whole episodes about, uh, uh, there's whole episodes about like, uh, using people, uh, and how hurtful that is, uh, about yes. how, like it's, it's, it's so incredibly important in ways like, like the, the abuse episode, um, like it's kind of tough to talk about, but honestly, I, I have, I've dealt with my own issues involving that. And like by the end of the episode, like just the way that they portray it uh, of like being a victim of that and how you, how you honestly tend to start blaming yourself in a lot of ways with this. Like I would, I didn't even realize, but that by the end of the episode, I was like in tears 
Um, it's, um, it's honestly just so incredibly important in so many ways in ways that I cannot, like, if I tried recapping every single thing that I think is really, 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 really important about the show, um, I'd be here for, like, a good half an hour, and, uh, we're already running a bit long here, so I'm just gonna say that, like, God, thank you, Rebecca Sugar, for actually doing this show. Thank you. Uh, yes, Ian thank Q. you very much. Thank you, Ian Q. Thank you, like, everyone that works on the show for making a show that's, like, if this came out as a kid, I don't know. I think I might have had a bit of a better chance of uh, having a little more self-confidence a lot earlier on, you know? Um, so, uh, uh, thank you. Yes, very good. Thank you very much, to whoever worked on that show and also listens to our podcast. Um, I am not caught up on it. Maybe I should get caught yeah, up. Yeah, neither am I. I'm, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm very far behind. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I would get caught up as soon as you can. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really, 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 really good show. But anyways. Um, uh, so, yeah, that was this has been Toontown Public Works. Uh, we kind of ended on a bit of a dour note there. But, well, not dour. It was actually a bit... I think it was. It like, was just. It, it was, was just it was a very sincere note. Yeah. Yeah. Very sincere note. More more sincere than the rest of the episode has been. Well, so. We, so when when Full House ends on a sincere note, they always um they always have a joke afterwards to like bring you back into it. So maybe we should come up with a joke right now. All right, this has been Toontown Public Works. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast. The show notes are going to be including videos as often as I can find them, which in this case is 100%. We've got the videos. You need bath salts? I'm like, no, not, no, smelling salts. God! (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? Okay, so uh, we want to thank Alex for, one, filling in for Cirque this time, uh, and also for being our wonderful heir. Uh, wonderful. Our wonderful. Uh, thank, so, thank you. So, so thank You're Alex welcome. for Alex. Thank, thank for Alex for Alex. Thank you so much. Uh, so uh, we would also like to thank. Well, again, uh, Casey already done, but thank all our listeners, everyone who responds. Uh, if you like our podcast, like tell other people about it. Like that's how we get bigger. Um, and uh, we 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 do mostly word of mouth. Uh, and we are actually going to be uh, me and Casey are actually going to be at uh, Midwest Fur Fest here. Um, this uh, next uh, weekend, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure this episode comes out after we get back. Yeah, I know that's that's yeah. True. So but, if you saw us there, I'm sorry about what I did to you. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that, that's way too ominous, dude. <laughs> well, all right, no, no, that's, that's I'm not, I'm not planning on anything. I'm just assuming I fucked up. Um, <laughs> um, we're, yeah. I, I need to start doing that. Yeah, yep. it's it's helpful. It's useful. Okay, so uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, if you uh, if you saw us there, thank you, uh, and please spread the word. Uh, uh, one thing you can do is uh, you can always follow us on Twitter and retweet us whenever we uh, release a new episode or we bring a prompt up. Uh, another way we could do it is if uh, you uh, rate us on uh, either iTunes or Stitcher or honestly wherever you would uh, download your podcast. Uh, I, I did some little searching. I still haven't seen any reviews yet, um, and I would love to see some sometime soon. Um, we, are, we are expecting something a bit big in terms of... Uh, uh, advertising pretty soon, uh, but that's not going to be for a long time. So we're not going to really mention much more than that. Um, so keep your see. ears open. 
clues yeah, have I, we've been got, hidden we've got through plans the podcast. That I think people are going to find pretty unobjectable, uh, objectionable. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. Let's see. Is there anything else we need to mention? Oh, we already talked about the show notes, uh, and I think that's it. Oh, uh, well, go watch, uh, go watch uh, uh, Alex's. Uh, film that experimental he was experimental film experimental film we're gonna put a little you can it, find it you, you, you can find it on the youtube channel uh public va and, and i'll try to remember to include a link to that in our show notes as well yes please do that uh mm-hmm. i was gonna say do that alex and no you're not alex you're kc i'm uh, not no wait uh, am so I, I the th- new kc now have we switched places have we th- switched panning which one of us is the real KC? HT, you have to shoot the imposter. Gonna, uh, you know, I've already killed George Gershwin. Me. I'm going to kill real. you both, too. What? I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh. I forgot about the George Gershwin thing. Um, <laughs> this was a great plan. This, this, <laughs> Killing nice George Gershwin going. was the highlight of my career, okay? Um, so, <laughs> I'm HT the raccoon. I'm KC the dog. I'm Alex the lemur. Maybe. And this has been Toontown Public Works, definitely. And these cartoons have been archived. <laughs>